Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Wednesday morning, and are you ready for Wednesday afternoon football? We'll get into what? that in that just again? a second. Wednesday afternoon football. It's 2020, huh. so anytime anything comes off the lips, it can't be too unexpected <laughs> at this point. Thankfully, 2020 coming to an end soon. Highest Keyshawn. rating football of all times, Wednesday afternoon. Yes, we'll see who's there. They had to... Uh, Let's see, I have to toggle back between that and Ellen, right? <laughs> when you're ready to go, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll get into Wednesday afternoon football in just a second, but I want to get into Key's Wednesday morning commute. Right now, it is 37 degrees outside in New York City where we are. So what you're about to hear, Key, I'm going to be a good teammate and say, if it was five degrees lower, it would technically be freezing. But it is not. It is 37 degrees. And tell well, me what the Cali kid did this morning. temperature... <laughs> has gone up since I walked into the studio uh, about five, about 4.40. So I'm walking in from where we park at and coming across the street. And as I'm walking, that bridge seemed like it got longer and longer and longer to get to the front door, man. It was cold as hell outside. I don't, that's not for me. I get it. I'm here. I got accepted. But it was, it was so cold, man. I just was like, I wouldn't wish it on no one. Just for people at home, it's a mild winter. Yes. In New York this year. And you chronicled this little journey here right it's, across it's the street, right? It's mild to you. <laughs> I'm just saying, born and raised in Jersey, like this is... This is mild to you. It, ain't, it hasn't even gotten... It just started to get cold a day or two ago. And you act like, come on, man. Give it a month before we, you know... <laughs> So uh, you yeah, give us so a little just, video here yeah, to tell I, I us wanted your to dangerous journey. I wanted to document just in case I did not show up and y'all was wondering where I was at and I was stuck against a pole or something trying to get warm. See, I'm walking into work this morning and y'all think this is a damn joke. Our studio is right off this water. And walking in this morning at 430 8 a.m. My damn face gonna fall off. I know I'm a California boy. I know y'all can say whatever y'all want to say about me, but this it is cold. I'm telling you, man, I would wish this on nobody. If I make it to the studio, y'all might see me on the show today. Otherwise, y'all might have to thaw me out. I just made it, so I'm good now, I guess. Oh man, this is this ain't this this I, I ain't gonna wish this on nobody. I swear, it's so damn cold. Oh, this ain't for the kid, bro. I'm good. Oh, Cali, Cali, Cali. I need that sunshine, baby. It's too cold, man. I love he said, if I make it, I was like, Key, you're seven steps away from the studio. <laughs> but I was frozen. <laughs> it's cold. The wind on top of, come on, man, that wind was coming in. No, it comes off, it comes off that water different. You're and right about that. I'm not used to it, even though I played here. I've worked on the East Coast for a long time in Connecticut. I'm not used to it. Just you, not for me. You want the good news or the bad news? I always like to have the bad news first and end with the good news. Okay. The bad news is winter starts December 21st. So if you think it's cold right now, okay, winter starts December 21st. The good news is Jay said, it's been a mild winter. That's the best I could come up with at this point. That's all right. It's all good. I'm going to figure it out. But you wear, you like it cold because we'd be, uh, we be here in the studio yeah. and I'd be wearing jackets. You'd be wearing a t-shirt. Jay, that's it's freezing different. in the studio. I'm not doing a show outside, though. This is not 36 degrees in the damn studio. 
It's not 36 you degrees in here. You got to get the hot cup of Joe and walk with it to hold the hands. It keeps it. It keeps the rest of the body no, even. I, I had my hands in there, but it still was cold. My face, man. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm going to channel my inner Al Roker here and tell you it's 37 degrees, but with the wind chill, it feels like 28. There you go. <laughs> you could be a weatherman. I, I can see you doing that. Fake until you make yeah. it, right? I mean, that's all, I that's all weather is. Just stand there. But I'm going to be all right, though. I'm good. I'm going to be all right. I just was, that was just a little cold to me. Indeed. With all due respect to the weatherman, only job in the world where you can be 60% right and they think you're the greatest thing of all time. Anybody else is 60% right in their job, they're getting fired from their job. There's about a 100% chance we think, we think, that we're going to get the Steelers and the Ravens today, from Thanksgiving to Sunday to maybe being played yesterday to being played today at 3.40 Eastern. You can see the game on NBC. Guys, the last time we had a Wednesday game in the NFL, you have to go all the way back, all the way back to 2012. Believe it or not. Mm. Believe it or not. In 2012, yes. Let me give you this scenario before we get into why Jay thinks this is a Another bad spot for Pittsburgh through none of their own doing, but they're just once again the victim of circumstance. But let me take you back to 2012. In 2012 and 2011, after the regular season, Giants won the Super Bowl. Jays Giants won the Super Bowl. So as you know, when you win the Super Bowl, you traditionally get that Thursday night opener at home. For the most part, you get to host it. Well, that year, the NFL said, let's maximize this. The Giants, Jays, Giants have won the Super Bowl. We're going to open the season Thursday night. The Giants are going to host the Cowboys. America will be watching. Tony Romo was Dallas's quarterback. And then the NFL said, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's something else happening on that Thursday. We want to play the game in 2012. Barack Obama gave a huge speech at the Democratic National Convention as he was running for president one more time, the Mm. Uh re-election. And then the NFL said, yeah, you know what? (laughs) We don't exactly want to do it on that particular date. So they said, we're going to move the game back to Wednesday. If you're wondering, the last game before 2012 that they played on a Wednesday, now you have to go back into the Wayback Machine, 1948. I'm sure we all remember that one. We all remember that 1948 class. Got a great day uh, planned today. Got the eggnog ready, a little spice. Yeah, I was. Eggnog, are you not in with the eggnog? No, no, I'll I'll have some. Yeah, because we had the game at 345, then the Christmas tree lighting after that. I mean, it's, it's set up for a good day. I just was trying to figure out, you know, 330 kickoff, what do I do? Mm hmm. Because I'm stuck in between lunch and dinner. Like, what do I do? Snack. Yeah, snack. but them snacks turn yeah, into yeah. mess up your dinner. I don't like snacking because it'll mess up your dinner. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I got to kind of figure out what I'm going to do. We'll find out. Speaking of messed up, Jay's essentially said, look, everybody's talking about Baltimore. Everybody's talking about all the tests. Again, they traveled to Pittsburgh, two more positive tests. The Ravens are obviously going to be tested before today's game. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. And can you just say that again? Two more positive tests right. found out yesterday. On the road to Pittsburgh. On the road. going to be tested again okay. before kickoff today. I don't say that lightly, but I mean. I know there are checks at stake. Why are, why are we trying to force this game? Why don't you, what, why, what do you why, think about that? Well, I, I don't think we need to force the game if there's still an outbreak that's not contained just for the sake of seeing a team get demolished. And my thing is I, I, I just hate that this is the position that the Steelers are in. Keith. Again. Again, I mean, they were in that position with the Titans. Uh, then this game has been pushed back uh, one day. It's been pushed back another day. It's been pushed back another day. It just seems like we're really trying to, you know, squeeze in uh, a square into a, a circular peg. It, it doesn't work. I don't know why we're trying to force it, especially it seems like it's a setup for the Steelers, right? I'm just playing devil's advocate here. So you do play, say you do play the game today. And then you turn around and you have to play the Redskins on Sunday. I know this is a Mon- typical Monday. Monday. Okay. Typical 
Thursday, Sunday kind of turnaround. I, I just – I don't know why we're going to this length to play the game when there are two more tests that just came out yesterday that were positive for a team that we were just talking about. Hey, how we contain this is important. Well, I think that, the one, the league – what? okay, everybody keeps talking about money. They're going to get the money regardless. They're going to get the money because they're going to find a way to play the game, whether the game is played today – or whether it's played at week 18, they're going to figure out. So the money aside, right, It's that they're not going to forfeit the cash flow. They want to play the game so they don't have to have a week 18. They don't want to have to get into the week 18 situation. That's why they're trying to play the game. Now, I, I'm going to leave it to you as I call you the COVID expert. When two more players test positive and now you are on the road, you land, they test before the game again today. Is there a still in a, a period of time that it could be dormant f- with the rest of the team, even though they've already, even though they've tested them severely over the last several days, Jay? I mean, that's what I've. I mean, I don't know were they on the plane and then they found out that they were tested for positive Zubin. I, I don't know the exact. Detail. They so all right. So Evan told me in my ear. They found out on the plane mm-hmm. that they tested positive. So let's assume so that the we're two all, people. That so we're all test- traveling. Key. You and I are traveling. Yeah. We're with our whole team. Mm-hmm. You and I find out on the plane while we're on the plane with our whole teammates that we're positive. That we're positive. How do you how do you quarantine somebody when you're on the plane? So how do you do that? The you fact can't. that the fact that there's two people that are on the plane that test positive. I'm assuming that's kind of how they found out then I would say that it's highly likely that there's going to be more bodies that test positive that's on that plane in a small, confined space on an hour-plus travel. Indeed. So what they're going to do essentially, no matter what, is they're going to test before the game. There'll be point-of-care tests. We'll wait to see what the results are. But as for the moment... The game is scheduled to be played today at 3.40 Eastern. Remember, this is essentially (laughs) from Thursday to Sunday to Tuesday to today. So we'll see what happens. So if they play the game, they play the game, and then the test, then all of a sudden, what do we, I keep thinking Sunday, Wednesday, then on Friday, they find out that some more Baltimore Raven players have tested positive. They actually played in the game. Now that's going to affect the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Yep, exactly. It's exactly. a contact tracing scenario. This is certainly not like the World Series where Justin Turner found out during the middle of the game and then they had to have a complete backup scenario yeah, to figure out what happened. It's a completely different scenario. Yeah, we won. We'll see what happens, but uh, you That's can get history. bad news at any time. We should also mention the two positive tests were deemed no risk to others because according to our Dan Graziano, the Ravens, quote, operated the last few days acting as though – Everyone is positive. So that's the way they essentially took it. Like essentially okay. say, worst I, case scenario, let's just assume we're all positive and let's just have that mindset. How, how does, I don't understand how that mitigates the risk, risk if yeah. everybody's on the plane. Yeah, I don't, it, I don't think it mitigates out. it, but it makes everybody be more careful than they normally would have been. Right? I mean, I think there's an aspect of that. I mean, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it, but. Let's just be know. honest. Come hell or high water, the league is playing this game. That's the bottom line. Like, we either don't have to today, defend the league. E- like, either we don't have today, to defend the league. Okay, they're e- playing this game. That's either the today or I, another day they're going to play it. No doubt. There's no doubt. That's why they haven't set a standard because they're afraid one day they the, might have to meet it. That's the, the okay. problem. Gotcha. I wonder if the Steelers are asked for their money back from the Ravens. Go Anyway, Jay, go ahead. All right, we'll see. On the way, the college football playoff rankings are out from last night. Absolutely no change in the top seven. 
but chaos is just around the corner. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A Hall of Famer, the great Ed Reed is joining us. This is Jay Will from Duke, right? Yeah, what's up, Ed? I commend you, man, big time, just on the words and encouragement. You inspire a lot of people. I just wanted to commend you on what you've been doing, man. That is the great Ed Reed. Of course, he played at Miami, and they actually do figure into what's going on with the ACC title game picture. Half of the reservation has been made for Charlotte. That's Notre Dame. Welcome back inside. Keyshawn, Javel, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let me run straight through the ACC scenario, and then we'll get to the more juicy scenario with Jay and the Ohio State University. Mm -hmm. So let's run through what's going on here. Notre Dame has clinched a spot in the ACC championship game. If you're unaware this year, if you're just kind of a casual fan, just sort of like, wait a minute, Notre Dame, this year, because of the pandemic, they were invited to essentially say, you can participate in the ACC championship game. Normally they play five or six games a year, but they're not eligible for the conference championship game this year. They are, they have two games left on their schedule or they did. They had Syracuse and wake forest in order. The wake forest game essentially has been taken off the schedule. It's been canceled. They have Syracuse left this weekend, but it doesn't really matter because they've got the goose egg. They're perfect. They can afford a loss. They're already in. Not that they're going to lose to Dino Babers and the orange. So that's the deal. They are in. Clemson is going to get in if all they have to do is knock off their one remaining opponent on Saturday, Virginia Tech. Their game against Florida State, you might remember that tete-a-tete between Mike Norvell and Dabo Sweeney. You're scared. It's an excuse. The coronavirus. The league essentially said, fellas, cut the chit-chat. We're not playing the game. So Clemson has one game left against Virginia Tech. They win that game. And then it's going to be Clemson and Notre Dame on December 19th in Charlotte in a rematch of the Instant Classic earlier this season. I bring up our boy Ed Reed, some love for Jay. If, it's impossible I think, but if Clemson were to lose, Miami could actually still sneak into the ACC title game. So it's not just sealed yet for the Tigers, but it probably will be by the end of Saturday. Where it gets really interesting, of course, is Ohio State. We've Mm -hmm. been talking about it, you know about it. The six games, can they get there? What's going to happen if they don't get there? It was addressed last night on the College Football Playoff Ranking Show, second edition. Gary Barda is the selection committee chairman. He's also the athletic director at Iowa. I wanted to just point that out since we're talking about a fellow Big Ten school. And he discussed how difficult it is to really size up Ohio State if the games just aren't there. Well, as everybody knows, uh, we did not have an additional game to evaluate this week. So the last game we we watched was a, a good win over Indiana a lot of discussion uh, about the number of games that a team plays. And 
it's not anybody's fault, uh, but, but trying to evaluate a team that has four games in versus a team that has seven, eight, or nine games in is, is definitely a problem. And, Jay, this is, and guys, this is a problem they're going to have to address and figure out. Well, I said this at the beginning of this whole conversation, yep. Jay, when, at the beginning of the season. How can you possibly put a team in with less wins than a team, you know, less games played than somebody else? If I play nine games and you play four or five or even six, I still kind of have a bit of an issue with that because I'm only seeing a certain – Sample size at four and oh, you get to five and oh, and then all of a sudden, Alabama and Notre Dame both are playing eight and nine games, and Clemson's playing eight and nine, and Florida's and AM's are playing eight and nine games, and you're only playing five, and I'm supposed to just let you in. Well, here's where I get really concerned for Buckeye fans because I am a Buckeye fan is that so the game versus Illinois was canceled, mm-hmm. Ryan Day has COVID. They're working through that. The head coach for you know, the Ohio State. You, you play Michigan State next. Michigan is going through. They shut down their facilities. That's your next game. Mm-hmm. You know That's two weeks from now, but who knows if that can escalate where that will be. Um, if that game gets canceled, you're looking at Ohio State at five games, all right? at five and zero. They're able to get there. Here's where it gets concerning is that the committee in the first week that they came out with the ranking, Zubin, mm-hmm. they had Ohio State behind Clemson at one loss. So there's already a precedent set. Like, all right, you know, one loss team, you know, even though DJ U threw for 350 plus yards and that game came down to the wire, you know, they lost to Notre Dame. Clemson was still ahead of Ohio State. So then you, you look at the scenario. What happens if Florida, who still has their own destiny in their own hands, by the way, if they knock off Alabama in the SEC championship game? Then you're looking at a scenario where Ohio State could be on the outside looking in because you will have Notre Dame, Clemson, Bama, and Florida in the college football playoffs. Uh, the, the Ohio State ranking when they first came out, I'm sure that the committee looked at where they would end up, not where, where they would be right today because they didn't anticipate that there would be games being canceled or postponed. Or, you know, they didn't think about – Three, four weeks later, what would happen if, if Michigan, uh, something happens to Michigan? I'm sure they didn't look at that and say, okay, they're not going to get to the sixth game. They're just going to have four or five games. So I'm not really – that Clemson is ahead of them with one loss. Clemson's probably a better football team than Ohio State with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. Okay, but that is still subjective, though. That's your opinion, right? I mean, it, well, that's it, what they—that's what they're going on. I know they're, they're that, that, that's exactly their, my point. Though. They're Everybody. going on their opinions and being subjective at what they're looking at. So then you're looking at games like, okay, they beat Pittsburgh by thir- I mean, Penn State by thirteen. They IU they were dominating that game, and IU came back, even though Penix now is out. Which uh, Penn my, State's a bad football team this year. I, I understood. Understand. So they, they looking yeah, at they're looking that. at it. Yes, I under- I'm just saying Ohio State could find themselves on the outside looking in, even though they would be undefeated. For the but numbers, not really games. undefeated though, Jay. They only played five, four, or five games against. Give me the schedule again. Who they play? So they beat Nebraska. They beat Penn State. They beat Rutgers. Their game against Maryland was canceled. They beat IU, a top ten team. Their game against Illinois was canceled. Michigan State. They play next, and then Michigan. But so, so then you're going to fault them for? I mean, you always say that you, you can only at, play the teams no, in front of true, you. No, that's true. But right? I'm not. I'm not the committee, and the committee is looking at strength of opponents, all of those sort of things. You look at Nebraska. But your Nebraska strength of, was your strength of opponents are only in your conference, so it's not. There's no non-conference game. So, to what extent do you have to kind of say, all right, your strength of your opponents? We can't really value that the same 
Because if you're, it, you, you can't do that the same, right? I mean, I guess you can, though. Because if you're looking at, they struggled, they struggled initially against Nebraska, then they blew them away. Then you look at Indiana, which is having like a Cinderella-type season. They're playing great. They let them come back into the game. Penn State's a, a bit of a dog right now, so everybody's signing up for Penn State to take laps around them. And then who else did you say that was there that they played? They played Michigan State. And then, and then Michigan. Michigan State, I mean, I don't know that they're strong. I know that they 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 beat Michigan or whatever, and they had a, a miracle victory, and people was all like, yeah. But then that was it. All right, we'll get into that a lot more later this morning. On the way, what do you think the front offices are thinking right now between Baltimore and Pittsburgh? They've had a lot to manage. A guy that's been there for sure takes us inside what's going on at the top of both organizations. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. That, of course, is Ben Roethlisberger, who said, as it's year 17, coming off a rough one, a clearly cathartic offseason, that I'm here to win multiple Lombardies. He, of course, already has multiple Lombardies. We'll get to the front office insider Mike Tannenbaum here in just a second because if you're Eric DaCosta and running the Ravens right now as their GM, I wonder what you're thinking. If you're Kevin Colbert and you're welcoming the Ravens into your stadium, the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers with all their positive tests, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. So it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let's go straight to the Shell Pennzoil performance line and welcome in Mike Tannenbaum, the former front office GM. Mike, I was just saying, if you're Eric DaCosta, the Ravens GM, you've been dealing with this stress for the better part of a week. If you're Kevin Colbert with the Steelers and you're welcoming a team with an outbreak into your city, into your stadium, you've been there, done that at the highest levels of an organization. Just take me inside the mindset of these two men this morning as we get set for kickoff this afternoon. The emotions are... Relief and excitement. Let's go play the game. This is a massively important game for both teams, guys, because if you're Pittsburgh, look, you want that one seed. we got to remember that only one team gets a bye, and they're sitting there neck and neck with Kansas City. As Even though they're undefeated, they know they have no margin. So this is a really important game, and from a competitor standpoint, you know that you've been sitting around, sitting around. So if you're the GM, you're worried that they could get it up in terms of game day, being ready to go. And if you're Baltimore, there's one player in particular, I think there's a compelling storyline, and that's RG3. National game, undefeated team against Pittsburgh. You're shorthanded. If he plays well, he can make millions and millions of dollars and change really the trajectory of his career by saying like, hey, I could be a starter again. So there's great storylines. And if I'm Eric DaCosta, I want to see what I have in RG3. This is a great opportunity for him. Mike, should the league move forward with this game knowing that those two individuals tested positive? 
out of the Ravens organization? Should they postpone this to another time? You know, Key, I would really defer to the scientists and the experts. Like, we have to give the NFL some credit here. We're two-thirds of the way through the season. We've had a great product in terms of games on the field. And look, there have been some bumps in the road, and there'll be some more. And I think what we're seeing right now, mirror society. Their tests are positive across the board. So if it's safe, if the scientists are saying that within reason it's okay to play, then we should keep playing. And again, Dr. Sills, the expert for the NFL still has data that says that you can't transmit the virus on the field of play, which I think is important. So maybe we go into the bubble as we get closer. But right now, we should look back and say, hey, given the circumstances, this has been a really good NFL season. Having been a former general manager, Mike, you certainly have faced some decisions that you've had to make, whether it's cutting players, trading players, moving on from players. The Eagles are facing something similar with Carson Wentz versus Jalen Hurts. The noise is getting louder as the season is going on. Have they handled this situation right? You know, Key, it's getting close to saying no because at the end of the day, as you know, the best players should play. And we've been in a situation where one year we traded for Rick Myra. He wasn't very good. Yeah. We saw Coach Parcells bench him, that's right, and play Ray Lucas, an undrafted free agent out of Rutgers, He gave us a better chance to win. And when you're the head coach, the standard is the best players play. That goes for the left tackle. It also goes for the quarterback. Right now it's clear Carson Wentz lacks confidence. He cannot pull the trigger consistently. Jalen Hurts, we don't know. The only grade we can give Jalen Hurts is a grade incomplete. But we know that he's young, he's athletic, he's competitive. So I think that window is closed. And if I'm Doug Peterson, i got to look at this objectively and say, who gives us the best chance to win? Mike, the best chance to win is the line. I think that is Jalen Hurts. The one thing that Key keeps you know, pushing down on me is you have to follow the money. You have to follow the money. And if you were to do that, the money would, would deem that Jalen Hurts probably never sees the field because you're going to stick it through with Carson Wentz. Yeah, Jay, well, at some point you have to move on and say the best players play. And, you know, look, I've made a fair share of my mistakes in my career and you figure out the money in the offseason. And what's odd about uh, Carson Wentz is he's played well in the NFL, and oftentimes when you see a player that doesn't work out, a top-five pick, they lack confidence, they haven't had success. He's had success, so it's really, if I'm Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles, this is a tough one because you've seen him play well. But again, one thing that people don't understand, as a general manager, as a head coach, your audience is your locker room, and they hold you accountable And if they know that there's a better player at practice not playing, that's just going to cause a lot of frustration and tension. And that's why eventually you put the contracts aside and say, hey, what gives us the best chance to win? And the crazy NFC East, Philadelphia is still alive. No, they they are still alive. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Mike Tannenbaum on the Shell Pinzall Performance Line is joining us. Let me ask you again about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. Could you see either or both at some point throughout the seat, the rest of the season, having to take a seat? Absolutely. And Sean McVay, you know, he's a half a step behind Doug Peterson because they were swept again by San Francisco, which is if I'm Sean McVay, do I have to ask myself the question, do I have the quarterback that could get us to where we want to go consistently and beat San Francisco? And right now, the question, the answer is maybe not. And even though you pay Jared Goff, he may not be your long-term answer. And when I watch Jared Goff, when the pocket is clean, he has elite accuracy, touch on the ball, arm strength, he can drive the ball. But when it gets 
uh, messy in the pocket. People are at his feet. I think he makes poor decisions. We saw against Miami. We saw it this week against San Francisco. And I would have real concerns because a lot of times in the NFL, you have to make throws that are off platform or, again, when the pocket isn't clean. And that's something that he has not gotten better at. Mm. Mike, let's go from one quarterback in the NFC West to another in the West in the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Have teams cracked the code on him? Have they, have they figured out Cliff Kingsbury and the way Kyle Murray are going to do this? Jay, well, I have three concerns when you break down Kyle Murray. First of all, he has 11 batted passes. He, he's short. There's nothing they can do about that except they got to keep the pocket firm to give him the best chance to the ball out. Secondly, he's only 20th in the league in yards per pass attempt, which is a key indicator that he's not getting the ball down the field and given the weapons they have that's something that him and cliff kingsbury can correct and then third down they have really struggled on on third down right now kyle murray's only completing 57 percent of his passes on third down so those are three areas that he needs to get better now he has all the ability in the world i was wrong on him i thought he was going to be too small he's really dynamic and if you go back to the game last week he didn't play great against new england but if they hit the 46-yard field goal, that game at a minimum is in overtime and likely they beat New England. Mike, what's the best current job opening in the NFL? you got the Lions, the Falcons, or the Texans. So you got three openings that sit there. What's the best one for one of these candidates that's out there? Yeah, I, you always follow the quarterback. And you look at Houston and I think Deshaun Watson right now, if you just look at how they're playing right now, Key, to me he's – top five, maybe top three in the league. So you have a young quarterback. He's under contract. It all goes from there. Uh, You have a young owner that inherited the team. He's someone that hopefully you could work with and build with. So because of Deshaun Watson, I would start with the Houston Texans. Mm. So that seems to be the reasonable choice. And by the way, I just wanted to mention on the Kyler Murray point, uh, the teams are blitzing him a lot more now, a lot more. There's a great piece on ESPN Plus this morning talking about if indeed the code has been cracked as Jay has said. Mike, thank you so much for joining us this morning. All right, Mike. Great to be with you guys. Yeah, you made a mistake right here sitting in this chair, but we won't mention that. What are you talking about? Because Mike said I made some fair share of mistakes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Involving yourself, perhaps. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Mike. Straight talk wireless. No contract. You know I'm never letting you get away. I know you aren't. I I, I saw your face. Zubin was paying attention to something else. And Mike said, I made my fair share of mistakes. Key raised his hand. He was like, right here. Right here. (laughs) So we're asking you this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. You heard Mike's answer. Clearly seems to be the Houston Texans. And I would tend to agree, considering they have the best situation at the most important position on the field but we're simply asking you this morning what's the best potential head coach opening in the league right now be a part of the Keyshawn, j will and zubin nation on the dr pepper twitter feed espn nation presented by dr pepper it's official college football's back so is your favorite dr pepper loving college football town fansville head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice cold 20 ounce dr pepper today so hit us up 888-ESPN or key j and z best potential opening right now. I think it's very fair to say if you look at the standings, at least a couple of more are on the way sooner rather than later. Let's go from A to Z. And A to Z is brought to you by Mm. Redbox. Redbox has new movies at the box and streaming on demand. Don't miss Unhinged. Starring Russell Crowe, visit redbox.com for all the ways to watch. We mentioned all of those teams that need a head coach. One of them at this point is the Lions from the full-time capacity. Daryl Bevel is now the interim coach of Detroit after Matt Patricia was dismissed. He met with the media on Tuesday to talk about the promotion 
And then instead of talking about his personal, excuse me, instead of talking about his professional life, he talked about his personal life and he let the cat out of the bag. Listen to this. On Saturday, I was with my family, uh, my wife, my uh, three daughters, and then my, uh, my two, I guess, future son-in-laws now. They both wanted to talk to me this past weekend. But we were at the, the Henry Ford Museum, and uh, we were having a good time there, and then got a text, ended up calling and talking to Rod and Sheila. So this happens on the same weekend that two men ask you for your daughter's hands in marriage? Is that how we're understanding it correctly? Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Um, I do have to say one thing, though. So the, the, two, the two guys asked me for my permission. They haven't officially asked them yet, so that's, that's where that was. That was just permission. So I don't know when that's coming, but um, just to be clear. Imagine his daughters. They're like, wait, wait, what? Dad, why, why? Why are you saying that? Well, hopefully they accept when the time comes. In the, <laughs> that's all I can say. Hopefully they accept. I need him to be this, this head coach all the time. Tell us everything that's going on. No more coaches talk, Key. Do yeah, that know, would help. Do you know what this reminds me of real quick? I, I'm sure you guys remember this. So, Boise State has had a couple of unbelievable wins in college football over the years. And after they had one of their most dramatic bowl wins of all time, remember they beat Oklahoma on the Statue of Liberty and all that crazy stuff. So after the game, their running back, he was a stud at the time. His name was Ian Johnson. Yeah. So the game is on Fox, and our mm-hmm. old colleague here at ESPN, Chris Myers, he let the cat out of the bag. So apparently Johnson had told Myers, like, look, if we win this game and I ball out, I'm going to ask my girlfriend who's a cheerleader uh, on the team, I'm going to ask her to marry me right on the field. So what does Myers do? All right, they've done it. Ian Johnson had an unbelievable game. He's ready for the proposal, and Myers goes, I mean, are you going to ask her here or what? Oh, we got to go. Wow. Are you going to ask her here or what? Oh. And then he's like, oh, oh, yeah, right, right. And then he gets down on one knee. She said yes, but that's the first thing I thought of. Through the course of the game, he probably was thinking, like, no, nah, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> he was like, look, man, put a pause on this. We just had a really big ball game. I'll just ball out. There might be TV. some other options yeah, out there. Let's slow this down. <laughs> Press the pause button here. The Chris Myers threw down the gauntlet, so he had to do it. He had to got do it. I would have been like, what you mean? Do what? What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. <laughs> don't you remember before the game you said you were going to marry okay anyway uh. <laughs> that's a great moment for Ian Johnson they won the game she said yes all good stuff okay not great stuff here for Jay but Jay's a realist here Michigan State over Duke at an empty Cameron indoor last night Izzo getting his first regular season win against Coach K he's got three wins in his career against Mike the previous two came in the tournament so when it matters the most Izzo's been good against Coach K not an easy thing to do but he got one over on him last night in Durham in the other game Kansas over Kentucky Tom Izzo saying, I don't care if this is regular season, postseason, packed to the gills, no fans. This is a win, and this is legit. Once the game starts, you know, you get caught up in the game, and you kind of don't realize the crowd. Now, at the end, when they were coming back, banking in threes and stuff, I'm sure the crazies could have made it even crazier. But I think the Izzo could make it crazy at our place, too. So we're losing out some, uh, you know, I know one thing, I'm not going to put this as an asterisk. No fans are not fans. Uh, you know, it was a good win for us against a good team, a great program, and a very, very well-coached team. I've, I've watched Duke lose before, though, Jay, at home with fans. So why is it, like, questioned because Michigan State beats Duke at home? No, I, I think it's easy to go to a place where, well, there, there are no fans, and, and, you know, Duke has a major advantage when they play with the Cameron Crazies. But you can say the same about the Breslin Center. I, I agree with Tom Izzo. Look, they have a veteran team. 
They have a team with more experience. Rocky Watts last night had 20 points. Aaron Henry played well. Joshua Langford is one of the best stories in college basketball. And Duke right now, they have a team full of role players. Uh-huh. Their veterans are role players. Their best players are freshmen. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Johnson is one of their best players. And they just played young last night. Michigan State, kudos to them in the way they won. Broke my heart, though, watching my team lose at home. Totally understand. Last couple things on college basketball before we go back to the NFL and some very eyebrow-raising comments from Greg McElroy. couple things. How rare is it for Duke to lose to a non-conference opponent at home? That's what happened last night, right? A Big Ten team came into Cambridge Indoor. Jay said it rarely happens. In the last 20 years, Key, I mean, Jay knows. In the last 20 years, how many (laughs) non No, I'm not doubting you. I'm not doubting you. The, the, the 20 number is the number. Zubin. No, I'm, well messing, I'm messing with you. You know me. In the last 20 years, how many non-conference teams outside of the ACC have come into Cameron Indoor and won a game in the last 20 years? Three. Yes. Yeah. That is correct. Kansas? Not Kansas. No Kansas? Not Kansas. St. John's is one St. John's 2000. That, that was 20 me. years ago. To you me. lost oh, St. John's? Lost St. John's. Yeah, last second shot. Stephen F. Austin? Yes. Yeah. At the buzzer in one of the greatest and what was it? Of last who season. else was? Last night. Oh, <laughs> Stephen F. Austin was last year. Yes. yes. Yeah, I watched because Cassius. Cassius, Cassius, Cassius right. Stanley, right. I watched the game. That's Stephen right. F. Austin winning the game. Which is at crazy the when you buzzer. think about it. Three, only three and teams. And y'all, three had, the, y'all teams. had the, what is it, Cam, Cam, Camden Crazies or Boozer Crazies? Or Cameron Crazies. Yeah, Cameron <laughs> Crazies. <All right. laughs> Not Camden Yards. Yeah, Cameron Crazies. All right, whatever. Man. I got you. And the last thing I would say, and I know Jay knows this too, huge, huge college basketball slate tonight on ESPN. We've got Illinois and Baylor. Two Final Four dreaming teams, yep. and then Gonzaga, who has just looked off the hook this year. They'll take on West Virginia. They look off the hook every year. Gonzaga always, I mean, they, they every season, Jay, you cover college basketball. It's like they're balling, they're 20 something and one, they're getting ready to do they're it, right the there. tournament. Then they go home. I mean, they, they said they that. They never finish. They said that about Villanova until Villanova won. So, but we've that, been saying this. Forever about Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Villanova won, yeah, but Villanova's also won in the past, and Villanova's been on the scene since we were born. Yeah, I mean, look, they're 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 not a mid major. I mean, they're they they play like in the Power Five. I mean, it feels like they belong there. I do think it's a matter of time before Mark Few and company get a championship. Also, Texas North Carolina play. Very right, which big Maui game. Invitational. Which is being played in Shaka Asheville, Smart. North Carolina. Yeah. How about that? The Maui Invitational. Shaka Smart with hair. Yes, he's got I've never hair. Seen you it see that? I saw Have that yesterday. It? No, I didn't yeah. see it. you got to yeah. show it to me during a break. Yeah, he's got a little hair now. That game, by the way, is the Maui Invitational in Asheville, North Carolina. Welcome to 2020. And we'll say, if you're a Gonzaga point, 2017 National Championship. They played North Carolina. Yes, they did. With 100 right seconds to go. A buck 40. 100 seconds to go. The game was tied. That's how close they, they right have there. gotten to the national. They need to get over the. No, they could get there. Small schools like that have done it before. It's just every being out on the West Coast and being a part of that. It's just like every year, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. Then no Gonzaga. It's just funny. They are a small school, but they are a powerhouse in basketball. All the facilities, powerhouse. the fan support, everything. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Merrill. When questions find you, Merrill Edge Self-Directed Investing is personalized tools and insights to help you find answers. Get started at MerrillEdge.com slash within reach. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated, registered broker-dealer, member SIPC. Fellas, I want you to hear this from Greg McElroy, ESPN football analyst, essentially saying if you're going to keep trying to play these games when guys are dropping like flies 
and ending up on the COVID-19 reserve list. It doesn't do much for the vaunted shield of the NFL. If the Ravens are going to be at less than full capacity to the point in which they can't execute, then we are doing damage to the shield, right? Like us as players and us that are associated with the NFL, we're proud of the shield. We're proud of that moniker. You got to protect the shield. You're told that in every single NFL PA meeting. And what we saw from Denver, their inability to put together any semblance of offensive football literally impacts the integrity of the brand. Like that affects us as as viewers, because you are damaging, literally damaging the quality of the broadcast. Key, I, I, <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I let it out, Key. Let it out. No, I just don't want to hear damaging of the shield. In three months ago, it was okay to play college football because of COVID, and don't worry. I just, it, you go. It's like stay on one lane, man. Stop the wind from going back and forward. Either we're going to play and we're going to get it done and we're going to end the season, or we're not going to play and let's just forget it and look to 2021. I'm tired of hearing all these different people change their mind about where we should be in terms of playing. That wasn't the case before. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.